What's up, fellow music nerds? Matrix here, and you're locked into the Matrix Music Review Podcast. And this is a special episode this week. This is our very first interview with an artist. It's an artist that I've talked about a lot on the pod and an artist that has been kind of flying up my radar here and into what I believe is the next level of stardom and one of the next big things in music. I got a chance to sit down with Nick Karcher and talk about everything from his most recent single, The Hard Bitter Truth, to stories behind his 30 singles that he's released this year, what his plans are in the future, and a little bit about influences, his start in the scene, and just anything in between. We kind of just had a great conversation back and forth, so I hope you guys enjoy this. At the end of the episode, I'm going to link Nick's song, The Hard Bitter Truth, so you guys can take a look at that. And as always, make sure that you are liking us on Spotify Apple Music, wherever you get your podcast, leave a review, really helps push our content out to more people, and then we can continue to do more of these interviews. Leave me a comment and let me know who else you want me to interview from this scene and other artists that I've talked about in in the show. So with that, I'm going to jump right into the interview, and I will see you guys very shortly with another podcast, which is all on reviews. First off, thank you for being here. This is an awesome way to start off our interviews for our podcast here with Nick Karcher. So the first thing I wanted to ask you was just how did you get started in this scene specifically, like this pop punk, this alternative scene? Uh, so, well, one, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. I'm happy to be here. Um, but how I got started in the scene, I kind of grew up in it. Um, like, whether or not you want to consider somebody like Avril Lavigne, like in the scene, I know there's like discourse around that. Um, but that was like my favorite artist growing up, like with the first artist I fell in love with, she kind of like inspired me to make music and kind of got me into the thing. And then, um, middle school was like made a parade for me. So I have always wanted to be an artist. Um, and then those were just kind of like my biggest influences. Um, when I started making music though, it was a lot more like pop leaning. Um, it was like just way different, um, than what it is now. Um, but I, didn't necessarily have like the budget or the team or the right connections to like make the sound of music, like the style of music that I wanted to make, you know? Um, but sure. I'm here now. Yeah. Sure. And that's, I love that you say that, like you just continue to grow with it. That's kind of what draws me to people in music is that they're always continuing to grow and, you know, you never know kind of what route you're going to go down, but you kind of answered my question there about uh, inspirations with Avril there. Yeah. But the other thing that leads me to that inspiration thing is the new single, Hard Bitter Truth, which yes. we get a reference to Pele. We get a reference to PTV. Yeah. Give, give, give me a little bit of background there on that on that uh, track. Uh, on the reference or the track all around? Just the track all around. Like, where did that story come from? OK, so um, I wrote the Hard Bitter Truth like uh, like a year and a half ago. It's like old to me and like new to you. Um. But yeah. I, wrote, I wrote it at the end of, like, my last relationship. Um, the relationship wasn't, like, over yet, but I just knew from, like, how things were going. I was like, can I swear? Can I swear? Is that okay? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I was like, <laughs> I was like, uh, this shit's not going to work. Um, and I kind of, like, foresaw the end coming. I knew the end was near. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I just kind of wrote that song um, almost, like, looking into the future in a bit. Like, and I, I knew that the guy that I was dating probably wasn't like, it was going to hurt me more than it was going to hurt him. And like, that was like the hard, bitter truth. That's kind of how I came up with the line. Um, 
and I knew that it was going to hurt a lot more for me, but I was like, you know, like, you're either going to, like, keep it going and for what, or you could just, like, deal with it. And that's kind of how the song came about. Awesome. Awesome. I love that because I feel like if you listen to the, I know you listen to the podcast that I'm big on, like, the sequence of events and sequencing of songs and how they go in order and things like that. And I feel like that's kind of like the perfect follow up to Second Chance, which was released a while back. Yeah, feel like yeah, yeah. yeah. Can, feel like you kind of had like this, I don't want to do the second chance. And then you kind of give us more of the story of why you don't want to do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm actually I, like really happy that you like peep that. Cause all like the past three singles, all of them have all been like about the same relationship. They were all written around like the very same time. Um, so they all very much like tell one cohesive story. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's why I love like kind of that sequence there. You can kind of follow along and it kind of sets up perfectly for, you know, albums, EPs, whatever it may be. But Second Chance was a fun one to listen to because you had that feature from Joey Fleming. Yeah. So how did that end up happening? How did you get hooked up with Joey on that one? Um, I uh, what's what's crazy. And I don't know if I've said this before. Um, So Joey sings for In Her Own Words. um, Right. And last summer when I was like going through this breakup, their album Distance or Decay was like, I was in the airport, I was crying, and I was just going through, like, my Apple yeah. music and, like, looking for new music, and I found their album. And that became, like, my album that, like, got me through the breakup, right? Yeah. Um, and then I had wrote Second Chance later that summer, and um, I was just going through my Instagram stories one day, and I was, like, I watched his story, and I was, like, let me message him and see if he wants to get on the song. And that's how it happened. That's crazy. That's, yeah. I, I love I love hearing things like that because I feel like, you know, we don't hear that, you know, artists are so responsive to things like that anymore. But I feel like in this specific scene, that's definitely true. I mean, just this past week, I was actually at a show for Friend Circle. Do you know that, Ben? Oh, my gosh, I do. Yeah. Yeah. So I was just up in Maryland for a show with them and I just happened to, you know, see they were there, showed up and introduced myself and we just like sat and talked for like 20 30 minutes and it was just kind of like it was old friends and i'm like yeah i feel you know i obviously i started out this podcast doing like alternative and country music and then i just kind of went all alternatives and Mm -hmm. i feel like i've definitely more or less been accepted more by i could imagine that i could imagine that like there was definitely some support from that side but i feel like you know, in the alternative scene, everybody kind of looks out for each other. I feel like everybody's always trying to help out, trying to, you know, just grow the community as much as they can. And that's... I feel I feel like there's a benefit. I'm not, not saying that, like, there aren't, like, super successful alternative or, like, punk, pop punk, whatever alternative acts, you know? But I feel like part of, you know, the genre being more, like, low-key and, like, underground, if you will, like, that kind of lends itself to that. And I, I love that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I feel like every time I'm at a show, whether it's a big venue, small venue, whatever it is, I don't really feel like I have to worry about anything. You know, right. You can go alone and have a good time, you know, exactly. And that's Mm -hmm. basically what it was. You know, I was at this friend circle show and it was just kind of in a brewery. I had somebody with me, but they stayed out in like the tap room. And then I was in at the show and it was just like, you know, nothing, nothing could happen <laughs> you know, nothing that's dope. Happen. I, i've never listened to them um i they literally just popped up on my spotify and like my fans also like like on my page and i was yeah. like, looking at it and i was like i should check them out yeah they're actually from new jersey they're two really cool guys i oh met aaron yeah i met aaron and zach and then um nick's their 
I think he's their bass player, but really cool guys, really down to earth. And, you know, if you're loving that pop punk sound, you love kind of like a, a blink 182 sound, they, they got that sound. And they're one of those artists just like yourself that I really feel pretty passionately about that, you know, they're, they're on that next wave. Like they're going to start to blow up pretty soon. Yeah. I'm going to check them out. I'm going to check them. I've been seeing them. I've been seeing their name a lot. So let's talk about Mr. Obsessive for a minute, because I know I've heard a little bit of the story behind that. And I know you've told it a few times, but for my listeners that haven't heard it yet, give them the background on that story. Cause I love hearing that, you know, the end line where it's 17 and you know it, I think. Oh my God. Yeah. It's a gag. It's a gag. (laughs) Yeah. It's a perfect way. Um, so Mr. Obsessive, um, I feel like whenever anybody asks me about the song, it's about that line. Um, but I Okay, so the these past three singles, so the Hard Bear Truth, Second Chance, Mr. Obsessive, they're all about the same guy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I was dating this guy for however long it was. Um, mind you, this guy like lived with me. Like, I'm just gonna tell you the whole story, like for sure. Um, Go for it. This guy was like at my house every day. Like we like lived together. Like it was just it was we were in this shit deep, right? Yep. Um, or so I thought. Um, and then, you know, he was like, I'm going to go away to the military and I have like my own feelings on that. So I was like, whatever, like, if you really want to go, go right. Whatever. That's that. He went, um, he wasn't like super close with his family or anything. So like, I was the only one that like flew out to his, um, like graduation, like the basic training graduation. I don't know yeah. what they call it. Um, yeah. Um, that. Um, so I flew out to that. I didn't know I had to do it, but like I like had to like walk my gay ass out on the fucking the field and like put the patch on his shoulder and like it was just not a situation that I necessarily wanted to be in, but I was yeah. in it because I cared for this guy. Um, and then mind you, like it was like a seven hundred dollar car rental. It was like a nine hundred dollar hotel. It was like an expensive flight. Like it was in the middle of nowhere in Georgia, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, and I sing about Georgia and like a couple of songs. Um. So whatever, I get back in my $700 car rental and I was like, you know, like here, like plug up your phone. Like you haven't heard music in however many weeks, like take the aux cord, right? And we listen to the same kind of music. So I was like, take the aux cord, right? Um, he plugs up his phone and it's like the car play or whatever. Um, this boy is like blowing him up, just blowing him up. So obviously shit went south, like right there. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Absolutely. Um, so then to kind of go back to the line in Mr. Obsessive, a couple of months later, you know, I was like heartbroken. I was snooping and I found out that like this guy that he was talking to was like 17 and it was nasty. It was nasty to find out, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so, but like, it what's crazy was that I wasn't even like snooping really like hard to find that this guy was 17. I literally just went on his Facebook and it said his birthday and it was like 2004 so I was like, he's 17 and you know it. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's, but yeah. That's how I wrote that. That's so crazy to to see that. And I mean, obviously, I'm starting to like feel really old myself because I'm getting ready to turn 30 next year. And that's just, <laughs> you know, that's yeah, not anything yeah. that I'm I used feel, to. I'm only 26 and I'm like, fuck. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you're saying 2004 and I'm like wait a minute that was like what fourth fifth grade for me like oh no this is <laughs> like when i think of 2004 quick. i think of like ashley simpson's debut album and like you know like you're dating somebody that like was an infant when that album was released that's crazy to me. yes you know like yes that's so crazy and speaking of ashley simpson i think i just put a cover i think it was of pieces of me on the pod playlist this week rose color oh world God. yeah rose color world did like a kind of a pop punk 
version of it. I threw it on there because I was like, this is so crazy. It's so wild. Not they stole my gig. I love them and I love that song. <laughs> yeah, it was so crazy. I was just going through, you know, my normal like trying to catch up on new stuff. And I went and I was like, wait a minute. I've heard I was like the Monday I'm waiting. I'm like, hold on, hold on. Hold yeah, on. you know, that. You know I've heard one. this before. So <laughs> so I was like, yeah. all right. Wow. OK, that's crazy. Ashley so deserves her flowers. She does. There's a couple of artists like I was just talking with somebody a couple of days ago and I don't know how we got on the topic of like, oh, I remember because they had said to me like, wait, Paris Hilton sang music like and I said, oh, yeah, there was like a whole like there was a whole album. <laughs> right. There's a whole album. There was like a whole time where like Stars Are Blind was like constantly playing on radio stations. Right. You remember that, right? Yes. And so. Then somehow from like the back of my brain, I pulled, well, did you remember Jennifer Love Hewitt had a like radio single at one point in time? I remember this. I remember this. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, bare naked. I remember like I really remember liking it cover. as a child for some reason. <laughs> that era of music is like forever ingrained. Like I remember the smallest fucking details from that era of music because that's like yeah. when I started falling in love with music. So like. The pop girls at that time, like I was I was watching every single one, you know, yep. <laughs> like, it's so crazy to like think back. And then I just like pull from the back of my brain some random song or random artist that we uh, like uh, I haven't even thought of in years. And then it's like, oh, my God, this was so good. Lindsay Lohan's music career. top. Notch. Yes, exactly. That was another one that's like right along that same line. Talking about your music career, what can we can what can we expect from you in like 24? Are we talking EP? Are we talking album or singles? I'm I'm gonna continue to do singles for like a minute. Um, sure. I'm still definitely like building my fan base and my listeners, and um, I think EPs and albums obviously are a great way to like kind of like show the world who you are. Um, I think they work a little bit better if you have a decent amount of people checking for who you are already. Um, but I don't want to like jump the shark and put out like this body of work that I feel like is gonna kind of get like brush over you know i'd rather like do single 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 like kind of way. absolutely i get that i mean i i definitely feel like we're kind of in an era where we're almost in like this music overload i mean i definitely feel that as yeah. you know somebody that loves music as much as i do it's hard to keep up with all the new albums all the new singles everything that comes out and then you know from a critic critic standpoint if i can call myself that you know yeah to have to like formulate an opinion you know and get it out there before the next big thing comes out it, it's way too difficult to do so i totally understand just putting singles out i actually think that's a great idea and i like when artists do that too because it does keep it fresh in your mind and keep it fresh in your head yeah and i feel like people like it like attention spans are like so short. It's like I I talk to so many people like on a daily basis that just I don't want to make it sound like people say this to me every day, but I I've heard often like I don't really listen to albums. You know what I'm saying? Like they click yeah. like whatever song on Apple Music has like the star next to it or like whatever's on a playlist. You know? Absolutely, yeah. And there's one band right now that I feel like has kind of found the formula for success with that, and it's Magnolia Park because I feel like every time I turn around they're releasing something new, but it's also like after they've released two singles for this like mini EP or they've teased something on Instagram and I'm like, how much have I listened to from them this year? And then I'm like, holy shit, it's like a whole album, a deluxe album, two EPs, singles. I'm like, yeah, they put shit out with the quickness. They definitely like, do. <laughs> like, 
I've never like I saw him on a show earlier this year and it was just like basically the whole Baku's Revenge album. And then I went to that tour. I went to that tour. It was good. It was awesome. And that's where I found one of my next, you know, loves in Arrows Arrows in Action because Arrows in Action is so good. They were a band that like I was familiar with, but I really hadn't like dove deep into their body of work. And then when I saw them live, it just like completely changed everything for me. They have been probably at the top of like my most listened to stuff this year. And then, you know, they're really good. I I think I've seen them live like twice, maybe once. I don't really remember. Um, I think I saw them open for somebody. And then I they they did a headlining show when I was in Chicago that I went to. Um, But they just bought an album recently that was really good. Yeah, Built to Last is definitely going to be in like my top five, ten albums this year based off of (laughs) everything that I've played with it this year. And it's just been it's just been great to discover some of these new artists. And I mean, it's crazy that, you know, I just started this podcast this year. Like I just kind of did it on a whim and just started to, you know, I've been listening to music a long time and being critical of music you know for a long time and i finally said you know what let me just see what happens with it and i've gotten some crazy experiences this year out of it with shows and things like that that i probably never would have gone to if i wouldn't wouldn't be doing this so yeah that's so dope can i ask you how like you found my music that's interesting to me yeah absolutely so i literally just was scrolling playlists one day and i don't remember what playlist i was on and when spotify ends a playlist i just let it keep going and it plays things very similar to it uh-huh and mr obsessive popped up and i heard the like beginning intro and i was like wait a minute i i'm really liking this and then i started uh-huh. to listen to it and i was like holy shit this is this is pretty pretty special and i mean your song mr obsessive was one of the songs that i listened to when i was just trying to get the podcast off the ground mm-hmm. and it was right before like because you dropped it early in like was it January that you dropped it was that? January, yeah. Yeah. So January and February, I was trying to like, all right, how am I going to do this? How am I going to do whatever? And so it was one of the singles that like really pushed me to do it. And then obviously the first podcast, I remember pretty specifically that I reviewed Paramore's new album. I reviewed Yumi at Six's new album. And then there were a couple of singles in there. I think yours might have been in there. I can't remember. Or if it was one that I just had the playlist like start with and then it was like the funeral portraits alien was on there. Like I remember very specifically the first podcast because it was so it was so special to do that. And that was just one of the songs that really kicked it off for me. Well, I appreciate that. And I love that. Like you have that memory with it. Um, And I appreciate like you being like so like I I know a lot of like um, people like as soon as they see my like my look or my vibe or hear how I talk or how I sing. Like, it's like, I'm immediately kind of like written off um, as like inclusive as like this genre is. It can be very like the opposite, you know? So I appreciate oh, that. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, you know, I don't have any hesitations listening to anybody. I mean, right. If the music's good, the music's good. Music's good. The music's good. People are good. People are good. That's, that's really yeah. all, all there is. To it. <laughs> that's all there is to it. This so hits, it hits. exactly. So, can we expect any tours or shows in the future? Maybe is there an act that you want to tour with? Uh, I want to do some shows next year. I have a couple more songs I want to get out before the end of this year. Um, I kind of I have a couple more songs that I wrote about this um, this this guy or whatever that I kind of want to get out and kind of like close this chapter. 
Um, there's a song called Blame It on the Universe that I'm going to put out. Um, and then a song called It Was Never That that I'm going to put out. Um, and then next year, I kind of move my sound into a more um, like gothic metal-y kind of vibe. Yeah. Um, so I, I definitely am going in not an entirely different direction, but I'm definitely going to progress the sound. Because um, I feel like, you know, right now I pretty much only put out like love songs or like heartbreak songs. And it's like, you know, those are like a staple in the genre and whatnot. And like, I fuck with them. Like, that's like my whole playlist. But there's a good chunk right. of my playlist that is not that. And I have a lot more that I want to say just in terms of like the world. And I'm very like anti-religion. And like, I just, I, there's shit that I want to say that I want to talk about. So I'm going to yeah. move my music in that kind of direction. Um, But I want to do shows next year. Um, I just need the material to do the shows. And to answer the question, um, I would love to do a show with Taylor Acorn. Um, I would love to do a show with Bring Me to the Altar, um, or Meet Me at the Altar. Sorry, I was thinking Bring Me the Horizon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, yeah. Um, and then Avril Lavigne, obviously, that's like a far fetched idea, but <laughs> you know, Avril Lavigne. Hey, no, nothing's impossible. I, I don't ever discount anything. You know, I would love to see you with Meet Me at the Altar. I saw Meet Me at the Altar earlier this year on their. Um, I think it was the Pink Couch Tour, and they were incredible live. And I love their openers too. They had Kid Sister and Chloe Lilac with them. Oh yeah, and they were yeah, and they were incredible. I mean, I really again going to these shows, I'm getting introduced to a ton of different people and a ton of different sounds that I may not have you know really been exposed to before if I hadn't really like dove completely in here, which is why I went the alternative route. But yeah, Meet Me at the Altar was so so good and. They're another one that like their star just keeps rising and yeah, and it's gonna continue. Look, their look is ever, like I I um, do you know the band Pale Waves? Yes. Yeah, so th- that's another one. Like I would want to be on stage with um, you know, the same gothic kind of energy and like maybe like a lighter sound because you know at the end of the day like my my look is very dark and very heavy, but like the music isn't necessarily always that. Um, yeah. And I like the combination of those two. And I feel like Mimi at the Altar, a band like Pale Waves, like they have this very heavy look and then the sound is kind of like light and fun, you know? Yeah. And that was such a fun show to be at. I mean, they really have so much energy behind them. And I took a friend of mine to the show. She really isn't a huge music person, but um, she loves that local bar that they were at so we both went and she looked at me she was like they were so good like i I can't believe it like you know me i'm not a music person but that was awesome so that's the kind of i love when i get those types of reactions too because i'm like i i know they're good i'm so happy that other people are starting to discover that too so i know i love bringing people to like to the shows and like they don't listen to like i brought this girl to uh see dance game and dance like last week or the weekend before yeah uh, and like that's my shit you know what i'm saying like i was yep. living my life but this girl like you know this is not the kind of that's not her gig um but we were like leaving and she was like that was fucking awesome and i was like yeah girl like this shit's fun you know like yeah absolutely and that's that's kind of i had one of those experiences this year too i took my girlfriend to yellow cards ocean avenue 20th anniversary tour oh wow that was probably with, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah it was so crazy because we had mayday we had story of the year we had this wildlife and you know, she's not a huge like punk fan, but, she, you know, she went with me and was like super impressed, especially by This Wildlife, because they went up there like basically acoustic kind of emo ish. And okay. it was 
awesome. I mean, it's kind of strange when, you know, you're out there and you see a guy up there and he's got like a Hawaiian flamingo shirt on and he's using like bongo conga drums <laughs> in his yeah, song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was awesome. I mean, that's and I love, you know, I love those experiences and getting to do them with other people is even better. So definitely, definitely. So the last question that I have is something that I'm planning on doing for every single one of my interviews. And that is to ask, what are like three songs that are on your playlist that you've been playing nonstop right now? Okay, um, can I pull up my playlist? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Let me go to my recently added and I will tell you. Um, Changes by Mimi at the Altar. Um, L-O-V-E by Magnolia Park. And then Bang by Broadside. Love that. Yeah. Love those three. I think at least two of the three, if not three of the three, are actually on my Matrix Music Review Control All Save playlist. I love that. That's and, a good playlist. I mean, I just keep updating it throughout the year. I didn't expect it to have, I think we're up to like 600 songs at this point, which is just absurd. But, <laughs> you know, can I do an honorable this... mention? Because this song, this song deserves a shout out. Yeah. Um, there's two so it's called mama by low spirit i don't know if you know them yeah this song like had me in tears um it was really good and then um fallout by sleep theory love that yeah sleep theory's ep is one that's coming up very soon on the podcast for review so that's that's in my rotation for sure love that well thank you for staying on with us thank you for being here with us i really appreciated you taking time out to talk to us and we definitely look forward to hearing more from you in the pa- in the future. Well, thank you. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. It was an honor. <laughs>